to hold up the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched Pretty in Pink, which came out in 1984 and was written by John Hughes. 1986. 1986. God damn it. I always mess up the year. I was thinking Six and Candles because we just talked about Six and Candles. Anyway, came out in 1986 and was written by John Hughes and directed by Howard Deutsch. And this week we are joined, um, we have a guest with us. We're joined by Emily Winter, um, who is um, a childhood friend of ours. We grew up together um, and a writer and comedian. Um, and um, she's here to talk to us about Pretty in Pink. Hi, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to see you guys as grownups. It's so weird. <laughs> is it's like um catching up and then also like get to discuss like a fun old movie so when we approached you about coming on the podcast we like gave you some options and this was the one you picked so why did you why pretty and pink so uh I so I used to work for tv land and I would go through I would watch movies and like write uh little like commercials for the movies and I thought that I had watched Pretty in Pink and I thought that I had strong feelings about it and it turns out it was 16 Candles and I just mixed it up and 16 <laughs> Candles is a mess. it's a mess it does not it's it's got some problems holding up yeah as yeah yes so, as I was nervous I was nervous to watch this because I was like I loved 16 Candles as a teenager and like Carrie loved Pretty in Pink. And I don't know that I ever had seen Pretty in Pink all the way through, but I was like, well, this is also going to get ruined. And I like, like every 20 minutes, I'd be like, okay, it's fine so far. Like nothing awful. Like, okay, <laughs> no, no one's, there's not a, a like explicit racism and there's not any like sexual assault yet. So like we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bar's well, so, low. so this is the thing about Pretty in Pink. I, there's not much of anything in that movie. Yeah. It is a movie where people talk to each other and one time John Cryer dances. And it is amazing. And John Cryer should have an Oscar for that. Yes. The plot of this movie is boy has a crush on a girl. She has a crush on another guy. What will happen? I would love it if that like people could write a movie and someone would be like, what's the plot? And you're like, I don't know. People like each other. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. There's no like serious hook. I mean, so Pretty in Pink is a movie about a woman who is a girl, teenage girl who is poor. And then she goes to school with rich people. And there's also like the money thing. Yeah. But it's like, it's also, it's just people talking about their problems. It's so weird. Don't you? There's there's also not like I had remembered and I hadn't seen this movie in so long, but I had remembered like being much more invested in hers and Blaine's relationship like Andrew the Andrew McCarthy character um but there's nothing there he is like the least interesting character in this he is vanilla like there's nothing to he is basic handsome man like yeah or handsome boy he's like a teenager yeah but there's nothing to his character no also the name Blaine I mean I think at one point Ducky says like you can't go out with a guy named Blaine. And I mean, he's not wrong. Like that's just, that's a wild name. It's like John Hughes put <laughs> all of his character writing energy into Ducky and then was like, I'm tapped. He, this guy is Andrew McCarthy. That's enough. <laughs> Truly. Blaine is the name that you name your character when you're tired and you want, you want a bad guy. Like that's what's so, yes. okay. Also, so in the movie, Andrew McCarthy is like the vanilla love interest of, um, Molly Ringwald 
whatever her name is. And then there's this guy that likes her who's a rich guy, friends with Blaine. And he, who's that guy played by? He looks James just Spader. James Spader. Okay, so sorry, young James Spader and young Andrew McCarthy don't look different enough. They're like the same guy. <laughs> I thought, I had not remembered that Andrew McCarthy was in this movie. I thought it was just James Spader and John Cryer. And so when like a third guy showed up that you're right, looks like young James Spader. I was like, what is happening? Like, why, why are there so many white men that look the same? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's the other thing too. It's like every character is white. And it's like, that didn't, you know, that's like, I'm sure so many of these movies are like that, but yeah, that's like the one thing where I was like, oh, well, this is uh, very white, I guess. All movies yes. like this. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even have like a, I mean, not, I, I guess it's an improvement from 16 Candles where we're not using a person of color to just make racist jokes at, but they don't even have like a bellman played, but like there is, it's just not only are there no people, like no people of color with character substance, there's no people of color at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. young James Spader. Hmm, he's hot. You he get he's, it? That's great. He had very thick hair that I enjoyed. His little yes. nose is so cute. Sit on it. It's wonderful. It's gorgeous. Yes. I mean, fully playing an, an evil man, but. Yeah. I mean, he always played this character. I don't think I've ever seen James Spader not play this character or like some version of like a serial killer or something like I mean to be fair he's very good at it and he has like the perfect voice and like cadence for it I feel like to play like evil douche guy yeah so pretty that you're like oh your life has been very easy um, yes yeah and he was a way more interesting character again than Andrew, the Andrew McCarthy character I was like let's spend more time with the dick because he's at least giving us something like I would watch him party. Right. Yeah. yeah, that party looked insane. Yo, their prom? Their prom was so fancy. <laughs> I know. It was, so it was so scary. I hated it. It was terrifying. It was like an old lady party. So, I mean, I don't know how much like plot we should like rehash, but like at the end, obviously it culminates in prom shocking. Um, sure. And the prom is so formal. It's so, it's so wild, formal. Like, white tablecloths. Like, oh my God. And- Andrew McCarthy, the Blaine character is in like a white tuxedo, like, yeah, it's so yeah. Lovely. It was it's the like even like when she was walking in, I was like, I feel like you're going to a wedding. Like this hallway is a so very formal grand. wedding. Like, yeah, there was not a tuxedo in sight at your wedding. Like, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So this actually, the prom scene is kind of made me think of. Um, a lot of movies from the 90s uh mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm shocked that john hughes or whoever directed it like did not take the the advantage of having this beautiful setup to have any like this is a movie with no action and yeah. there's these beautiful spaces where like i'm uh, she needs to be running after the guy like we don't even we just see john we just see john crier be like go get him and then right. she, like, then she's there and it's like, no, no, no. Like, um, my best friend's wedding. Like we need to see the chasing and the chasing and the, like, the, like there's no action in this entire movie besides one day. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't want to watch people talk. Like that's just, yeah. Me. And then like, she forget. So basically he's like his evil friend, James Bader has been like, you can't date her. She's poor. You have to date rich women. And he's been sort of like, don't say that about her, but I guess you're right. And then ghosts her. <laughs> And then at prom, she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, 
someone needs to do something to buy back the meanness. Yeah. He Other needs- than just Ducky being like, who had been like, you can't date him, he's rich. And her point was sort of like, well, that's what they think about us. It's just as rude to think that about them, um, which debatable. But and then he can just be like, it's fine. You can date him. And she's like, thank you for the permission, Ducky. I'm off. It's very, yeah, it's, it's a strange scary. ending. I needed more like earlier on. Like I needed to understand why these two people liked each other so much. Like I was kind of like, we haven't actually seen you interact really other than this one date that went terribly because both sets of friends were awful to the, to the like other person. Um, and I was like, I don't understand why we're so in love other than he's cute and rich, which I mean, maybe at 18, that's probably enough, but my movie watching self was like, I need, I need a little more guys. Yeah, it was like they went on one awful date and then they decided they were in love with each other. Like, no, you go on an awful date and then you never talk to the person again. That's what should have happened. It should have been a very short movie. Um, I've gone on perfectly decent dates and been like, I'm never going to talk to you again. (laughs) I'm a bad person. (laughs) Um, Can we talk about Annie Potts? Yes. Yes. So such a funny thing watching 80s movies is since we were all uh you were born in the 80s too right Allison Mm -hmm. yes so since we were all born in the 80s like I don't and we were like babies like I have no cultural context for like what is dorky outfits and like what are cool outfits and like one of the things is that Molly Ringwald's character was like really good at sewing and like making but then also the rich girls made fun of it sort of so anyway but then it's all like one thing I do know is that like Liberty Spikes are like what like punk rock like <laughs> like that Annie Potts punk rock aesthetic I'm like oh you're wild you're insane and every time we see her she's got a different crazy hairstyle going on um and it's super fun although I yeah like we get way too invested in this like side character um yes yes. I wanted her whole life story (laughs) like just give me that give me an offshoot yeah yeah exactly um and she's like her boss at the record store but they're also friends but she's fully a grown-up and I guess like because in the story Molly Ringwald's mother has abandoned them so I guess she's feeling some sort of like maternal void but then she's sometimes at this bar they're sneaking into and I'm like why is she hanging out with teenagers <laughs> yeah and kissing them. them and kissing them at one point Ducky kisses her right she likes it yeah right so- I did really like hers and Andy's relationship I did find that that piece was um appealing and like some of the more like emotionally interesting stuff she also has some really great lines like she's just she's a very funny sort of natural she like kind of moves very naturally like in and out of scenes and she has she has a line where she talks about like I had a great butt in high school like I should have taken pictures and I just I related very deeply to that I was like that's true that's great advice do take pictures of your butt when it's cute um I was but, confused about her age because she's she older. Like, but then her prom dress is very like 60s. So is she 20 years older? Because she doesn't I think see, at one point she said 15 years older. That would be so then her prom dress that would be 1970. Yeah, yeah, but I could imagine that like because she was kind of like all cool girl, maybe she was doing like a throwback thing or something. Sure. Or go back to like three years prior. That'd be like if you were like, I'm gonna dress 2015. <laughs> you know. Just slightly different than how I dress now. 
like yeah that's like right that would be like us wearing like um like really long shirts remember like when we did that like five or six years ago it's it's too close to be like doing it ironically and right like vintage irony or whatever but like yeah it doesn't yeah It'd be like if I came out in like skinny jeans and a long shirt and I was like, I am fashion forward. And you're like, you're fine. <laughs> but like, this is, this is. I fully of- pulled a long shirt out of my drawer yesterday and I was like, I could get rid of it or I could just cut three inches off of it. And now I have a wearable shirt. <laughs> you do that? And that's what I did. Yeah. It's Great. not an even cut. It looks very funky, but it's just for working out. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't need shirts to go all the way past my butt. Right. Yeah. No, I was into it, but now I'm, I'm, I'm moving with the times anyway. <laughs> it's so, yeah, I found that her sixties prom dress really confusing and I'm like, it's 1986 and I don't know. Yeah. But then I do find that, um, Annie Potts' story kind of is a bummer at the end. I don't know. So basically she, we see her dressed really conservatively and she's found a con- sort of conservative white man to like that she really likes and it's kind of a bummer because it's like her spirit is like dressing all insane and so she just like being like no I'm gonna be conventional now like that's sad to me well and then like the next scene is Andy then running off and being or the Molly Ringwald character then running off and being like I'll do the same and it's like oh so you both just like end up with like sweet boring rich guys like is that the moral of the story yeah what is that (laughs) us yeah so originally, um, she this the end was changed. She originally ends up with Ducky, um, or like that. It's like kind of ambiguous. Like they go to prom together, and like the last scene is them like dancing at prom together. Um, and test audiences hated it, and so they like reshot it. And that's why Andrew McCarthy's hair is um, the wildest so bad in the like reshoot scenes. Um, I didn't notice. A troubling wig. Carrie and I have been doing this too long because we can spot a terrible wig at a glance. I was also when I rewatched this, so I probably was just like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice this, but he also, I guess, like whatever role he was working on after this, he lost a lot of weight for. um, So he's like a lot thinner. And I I didn't notice that until I read something. And then I was like, oh, I can see that. yeah, so like they changed the ending because people said that it felt like the moral then was like rich people and poor people can't be together. Um, but but then I feel like what we got was like this ending where it's like, I don't understand why she's suddenly forgiven him or for the kind of dick stuff that he did. Um, also like it's not a bad I mean like uh, rich people and poor people can't be together isn't a great moral but like the guy who is always nice to you and who knows things about you and who has a personality is not a bad guy to end up with but I kind of wish that the movie ended with Ducky going to see a therapist and getting on medication yes he's yeah and maybe exploring his sexuality a little bit yeah Yeah. Yeah. Ducky is 100% a queer character right (laughs) I mean he's played by John Cryer yes you know, like, and also those shoes, like, yeah. He was too androgynous. He was too cultured. I was like, this is not a cis heterosexual man. I don't like, let him explore and figure it out. But Ducky so is too far. I, I definitely felt like he was like a queer coded, coded character. And then, so I was 
reading something and evidently Molly Ringwald has said the same. And she said that John Hughes, like, um, like there, there are multiple characters throughout his movies who like in his head were queer, but because of the times, like weren't out queer characters in the movies. Um, but then John Cryer has said like, guys, that's, that's just me. Like, that's just how I am. Um, so like, it wasn't necessarily like an intentional choice. And, and John Cryer is a heterosexual man, but says heterosexual man. So some of it is just his like own affectation, but um, they're definitely like, I feel like if we remade this movie in 2021, like there's no way that character is a straight character. Like, that just would not be how that I don't think would get, I mean, and he may still be in love with Andy, but I think there would be like more to that for sure. Um, just cause I, I feel like I misspoke or, or not misspoke, but just to clarify, he doesn't, I think his character doesn't need to be on medication because he's queer. I, think <laughs> I was like, does it sound like that's what I think? I think his character no. needs to be on medication cause he's got like ADD or something like his character's yes. over the place. Like, yeah. He's like manic at times. Yeah. Like yes, just, totally. yes. yeah. Yeah. So that's yes, the those are two separate thoughts. Queerness <laughs> does not need to be medicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, two separate thoughts. Uh, yes, he also needs some sort of uh, good mental health therapy. I feel like that's always our conclusion is when we watch rom-coms. It's like, maybe these people should have gone to therapy and then this movie would have never happened. Like, we wouldn't have this, like, colossal miscommunication if people had just gone to some therapy people just like spoke their mind and also worked through their feelings yeah people in real life don't do that so I have very complicated feelings about the ducky character I like historically have always loved this character I think Emily you mentioned the tenderness scene where he like lip syncs and dances to the song that is like one of my all-time favorite like movie scenes um and I do think that there's something like very lovely and charming about his love and admiration for her but I had forgotten like how intense it is and a little like we 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 cross the line in at times into like friend zoniness where like if she doesn't return your feelings then you're kind of like being saying really awful mean things to her um and so that piece I had forgotten and I, it complicated my feelings towards the Ducky character in ways that I had, un- I had not expected. Partially by it. Cause he's a teenager. And yeah. Like, so you can be like, okay, this is immaturity and he's a child. Whereas like last week we watched the movie, just friends where he's fully an adult being like, I was friend zoned. And it's like, you're a grown man. Like, <laughs> whereas like Ducky, it's like, okay, like you are a teenager. But someone needs to tell you that, like, if a girl doesn't like you back, you just respectfully be like, that's fair and move on with your life. <laughs> Which ultimately is what he does. So, yes. you know, you can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also agree. Like, I wonder if the nowadays, if that had been the ending, if you'd feel differently, because there is something about like picking the guy that, you know, didn't ghost you, you know, and I has a personality. I wanted to like have yeah. fun with Ducky, her best friend, and end up alone. Go to and her and... other friend that disappears at one point, like she gets in trouble for saying things to the uh, rich girl during volleyball and then is never heard from again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, she looks like she's 40. So I was like mm-hmm. very confused by that. I was like, is this woman her aunt? Oh, she's in high school. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and Emily, you're right about the clothes things. Cause at the beginning, like she and this girl in class, like weren't sitting next to each other. And they're both sort of like arguing with the rich girls. But I was like, wait, I can't tell if she's a rich girl because I cannot tell what clothes are bad and what clothes are good because it's the 80s. And that girl is blonde. Like her friend is blonde and like all the rich girls are blonde. But then like, I'm like, oh, her hair is more teased. So is that, is she good or bad? It's just very hard to read like the cultural moment when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. It's such a funny thing about John Hughes specifically because he like owned the eighties with that. So like, I feel like there's probably a lot more of that that I don't remember or something. I don't know. Um, How does this like fall in your John Hughes? Like, do you, is this one of your favorite John Hughes? Is this like, do you, what's your favorite John Hughes movie? I think this, I, so like before we did this podcast, I would have said 16 Candles was one of my favorite John Hughes movies. But after our last rewatch, I, that is not the case anymore. Um, It's one of the few movies we've officially had to be like, it has to go out to pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Like usually we're like, look, there's complicated things, but like love what you love. And 16 Candles were like, nope, mm -mm, Nope. cancel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the nostalgia for 16 Candles is not enough to like overtake the bad there. Um, but this one, I, uh, also like not, I think it ranks low for me, not because it's like particularly problematic or anything, but just because like you said, like, there's just not a lot to it. It's real dialogue heavy. Um, there was, I was left wanting more in terms of like some of the relationship and character development. Um, I think Breakfast Club is probably still up there as one of my favorites. Um, I, we have not done a rewatch of that one, but, um, probably should now that, that is probably, and, and has always been kind of the constant favorite for me among, among his movies. Yeah. That and Ferris, Bu- Ferris Bueller is probably my favorite. Yeah. I gotta go you, Emily? alone. I think Home oh, alone. True. It's not yeah. a it's not a rom com, but I'm I'm just looking him up to see. Gosh, I he did so many that I didn't even know. I didn't know he did Uncle Buck, but that makes sense. I love Uncle Buck. Um, some ones that I don't really care about: Curly Sue, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, oh wow, yeah. you're right. Like I didn't even realize some of those are him. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace is actually pretty good. Oh, planes, trains, and automobiles. There are so many of these that aren't at all uh, rom-coms. Um, yeah, yeah. So we can never, I mean, that's not true. Uh, our rules are very uh, lax. Oh, he, did, he did weird science. That one is, um, that was kind of formative for me. Um, I it, Probably in a bad way. Because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a genius, but he was a genius in the, the 80s and 90s yeah glenn close 101 dalmatians what if like this can't be right well and it's interesting we talked about this when we talked about 16 candles because molly ringwald wrote like a really kind of interesting beautiful article about after john hughes's death and then like as the me too movement was happening and and kind of rethinking 16 candles and all that she wrote a really beautiful interesting article about sort of reconciling 
the man that she knew and loved and in many ways like made her career with this man who wrote things that don't hold up you know or don't we look at very differently now um and and we so we talked about that when we talked about 16 candles and it's again it comes back to this idea of like you can love the things you love and still acknowledge like the inherent problems in it um and and the challenges but also that that that's an okay thing to do you know like I think we said last week like all of all of your faves are problematic you just kind of have to like make peace with that (laughs) yeah I yeah or I think like in the case of 16 candles like or not or say like like I mean you know I I don't know I didn't put Michael Jackson on my wedding playlist you know what I mean like yeah um yeah. So it is, it's complicated and it's, it's very hard to know where to draw the line. And also like, we're not perfect now. It's like, it's also right. a place where it's like, well, I fuck up all the time, you know, like I, I call somebody who's non-binary uh, a gender, you know, like she or he, and I, and I like, listen, this is stuff that's gonna, I don't know. It's like, it's yeah, like learning process and like, yeah, we're still we'll look back on things made and be like things made now and be like, oh, we messed up. And you're right. Like how do we reckon with that and acknowledge that and either let things lie or accept it and learn from it? Like, well, I think there's some value in sort of considering like how harmful is it? You know what I mean? Like how much, you know, like in the, in terms of this movie, obviously, like there are moments, I mean, I think at one point, like her dad uses the N word, like so casually that I basically missed it. Really? Um, Me too. Yeah. So like there are, there are, she he at one point says um it's when they're getting in a fight about and we didn't even like talk about that relationship and it, we should yeah weirdness. yeah um they're talking about like fighting they're having their fight about his job and I think he says something like um like n n word ed like like he uses it as like an adjective to describe himself and like his lack of employment and like laziness. Oh no. Um, yikes, 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 yeah. yikes, yikes. Not great. Right. Right. Um, and it's so casual that I was like, did that just happen? And I like I mi- yeah, I missed it. Me too. Right. And he's like yelling it, so it's like almost hard to understand. So maybe I did like mishear it. I don't know, but it's just one of those things where I was like, whoa. Um that whole relationship made me uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's like very, he doesn't have, he's not working. He's been left by his wife and she like wakes him up and cooks for him and also works in plant, like, because he's ne- only ever part-time employed and it's a very unhealthy parent child relationship. He's really maternal to her own dad and it sicks me. It makes me actually feel like gross. Yeah. Um, And it is like, obviously a thing that like, we're all, gonna have to do when our parents get super old and blah 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 and something that we all face but like for a teenager to do it mm-hmm. it just made me like really really sad yes um it's like it's good that he's sort of dealing with like heavy shit um like John Hughes is dealing with heavy shit and writing it um but yeah it was um the fact that it was just treated as okay it was seen as okay that she was basically his mother um is yeah, I feel like maybe it was a little creepy to me. It was a little creepy. It was. And because I agree, like it wasn't the movie never really 
reconciled with it or like unpacked it. I also think like there was a weird gender dynamic. Like I don't, I don't know that if the roles were reversed, it would have even been included in the movie. Like it wouldn't have been a story. You know what I mean? Like if it were, if our protagonists were a, a teenage boy whose dad had left, I, you know, we would not have had the parentification in the same way. Um, it's so funny because if it was a teenage boy whose dad had left, it would be a story about like the mom getting up extra early and working three jobs. And like, it's, it's like so different. It's just yeah. like, that's what moms do. I mean, or right. I don't know. It's just like seen as like, there's no room for error. Um, my friend has a joke about like, not like not busting the glass ceiling, but like she, there needs to be a glass gutter. Like women can't, women can't fuck up. Like he is like lazy as men, you know? And it's like, that's not an option. It's, I just can't even imagine if the gender roles were reversed there. It's not an option for a woman to lay in bed all day. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like we just wouldn't even like maybe see that story. Um, but yeah, I, that, that relation, the father daughter relationship I felt like was, it was hard to watch (laughs) at times. It was really, um, it, I was unexpected for this kind of like teen rom-com, uh, you know, sort of. Well, I was... even in their argument and like the ultimate resolution of that relationship where she's basically like, she, our, my mom, your wife did not love us. She tried, she failed, she left us, we have to move on. There was, the resolution is not him being like, and also I'm so sorry I've put you in this position where you have to right. care for me. I'm your parent and I should be caring for you. Like the- there's never that acknowledgement of it. He's just like, you're right. I'll try. Like, I'm going to keep trying to get a job. And it's sort of like, no one's going to take responsibility for the fact that this teenage girl has had to care for her father. Like, like no one's going to, no one's ever, we're never going to acknowledge or resolve that in a way that it's like, oh, the movie doesn't necessarily think that that's a problematic Um, thing, which is like, obvious. like those relationships that happens, like, that dynamic happens and then you reckon with oh that was a challenging thing like that was something that shouldn't have happened a teen you're right like the only time a child should care for their parent is when they're like very old and the kid is an adult (laughs) not a teenager yeah and they never address it or like recognize it yeah Yeah. I feel like there needs to be as as much as I don't want any more conversations in this movie some more conversations in this yes. and then some scenes need to be replaced by action I want some like moving around I don't know yeah like ring will really dance or anything like just fucking do something yeah 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 there was a lot of this movie felt kind of like vignette almost like like there were like each scene was independent from the next in some ways there was not a lot of kind of I mean there was like an overall lot but but it was hard to see at times I think um I totally agree do you guys think that the that the plot of 16 candles which I now I'm like it's all confused in my head is is similar to this is it it's about is it no it's about everyone ignoring her 16th birthday what is the movie where somebody like rips off the bow on her dress and there's like a stain you know what I'm talking about Isn't it it Breakfast Club? Because isn't there at some point when he's like head is in her skirt in Breakfast Club? I haven't seen that movie in years. Maybe I just made it up where like, like there's like rich girls and she's poor and then they like, they like rip off a bow and there's like a stain under it because she like made a big bow. 
I thought what? that was going to happen in Pretty in Pink. And it's- <laughs> yeah, it's, that seems very oh. fitting. Oh, gosh. That sounds okay. so familiar. What is right? that? Okay. But I feel like it's more recent than, like, more 90s. What well, was Molly Ringwald doing, you know, between this and that ABC family show? <laughs> I mean, like, movie-wise, I'm sure she was, like, I'm sure she was doing things in her life. I also get this movie confused with um, Mystic Pizza. I kept waiting for a dinner scene at his family's home where his family is awful to her. And that's not this movie. That's Mystic Pizza. No, you never even see his family. We never get any acknowledgement of anything about his life, except that they have stables because at one point they're making out by horses. Yes. Right. We don't see his family. And I kept waiting for his family, but that. And I kept waiting for Matt Damon to be his younger brother. That's not this movie. That's Mystic Pizza. That's Mystic Pizza. <laughs> but isn't that Andrew McCarthy? Isn't he the lead? Isn't he the male lead in Mystic Pizza? I've never, no, I've never seen Mystic Pizza. Uh, Val Kilmer is Val Kilmer the? Is he in Mystic Pizza? Is that the one where the house explodes with popcorn? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I clearly don't know any of my movies. Never mind. That's a different one. <laughs> Adam Stork is the lead in Mystic Pizza. Maybe. I don't know who that is. So not Andrew. Not the same guy. See, I I had this movie totally confused. Great cast. I'm going to watch Mystic Pizza today. This is. I've never. Maybe I've never seen it. Yeah. I don't think I have either. Oh, God. Molly Ringwald's. Poor Molly Ringwald. Her haircut. It was so bad in Pretty in Pink. Oh, it's the worst. Like, if you can look gorgeous with that fucking hair, like, you are the most beautiful person alive. Like, I can't, like, it is basically, it's a bowl cut with bangs. It's, like, a little bit longer. It, it hits right at her, um like, her cheekbones. And then she's got, like, shitty little bangs. And it is, and it it's very round. I mean, part of this is because we, like, have seen her in other things. But, like, she has a natural curl to her hair. And they, were like, were desperately trying to, like, keep it poofy and and straight and it was it it, they should have like leaned into the curl because when they do when they let her be kind of like you know like wild curly girl it works a lot better for her because you're right this haircut was at one point she and Andrew McCarthy were making out and I was like your hair is the same like why do you have the same haircut like except (laughs) hers is worse like (laughs) like really distract me from the makeout scene because it was like sort like they're sort of in silhouette and it was like a wide shot and I was like that's who is who you're the same height and your hair is the same oh my god did we talk about we have not talked about what a bad kisser Andrew McCarthy is (gasps) did you what Oh my God, if you're, if you're listening and you're like, maybe I'll rewatch this movie, like watch it for the kissing. He's so bad. He's like, he like, he's so like an alien. Like, like, like somebody explained it to him and this was his first try. Yeah, he's like weirdly, his lips are like weirdly partially open and he's like almost like at times he's like pecking at her. Pecking. Like it's very. <laughs> yeah, pecking is the word. Pecking. There's something like, Andrew McCarthy is interesting casting because like, He's very much doing like handsome, charming, rich kid guy, but there's like a, like a darkness there. I feel like, like, and maybe it's because I've seen him like on SVU one too many times. I was going to say, why do I feel like that? Like, what else has he been in that? I'm like, this man's going to murder me. SVU? There's an episode of SVU where he keeps a woman in a box under his bed. So it might be that. Um, so what season (laughs) I know what I'm doing today. (laughs) 
Um, so, but like, so maybe that's why I associate him like that. But like, there's just like I I kept waiting for him to be like schmarmy, which he was ultimately. Like he was he was not very kind to her at one point, but. I wrote down all boys who were cute in high school are creepy adults. <laughs> like the cute rich kid to creepy adult pipeline. <laughs> and I, that's like obviously not true, but like I just saw him and I was like, there's something about him that feels menacing. Yeah. He does play, I think he does often play bad guys. So to see him as the quote unquote good guy is a little weird. And yeah. he does have like a very melancholy, like there will, we never really got to the bottom of we never got to the bottom of how like what's going on in his soul really and we never got to the bottom of how he figures out that his best friend has been rejected by his crush he just yes. figures it out which like doesn't make any sense um yeah i would like to have seen i would have liked to see why he's got a sadness in his eyes um which yes. is so deliberate and not like yeah, not like an accident. I don't know. Yeah, like I wanted to see his family. Like Carrie had pictured. Why I kept waiting for his family to show up is because like we get these these hints that like there's some, you know, pressure there or that, you know, because his family is what whatever like corporation, kind of like a like a crazy rich Asian, like in that movie, how he, you know, like you, you carry on the family, what, like whatever. Um, and so I think that's why I kept waiting to see his family because we never really flushed that out fully um, in terms of like what that is and what that means for his future and his, this, this woman that he's, or girl that he's dating. Um, yeah. And again, I think that would have made him more it would have I would have been more invested yeah yeah we needed we needed to know what was in his soul like you said Emily because otherwise then he's just like cute rich boy right yeah and then it's like well you may as well just go out with the other guy I don't know like he's a little hotter (laughs) also like you're gonna go to college and you'll meet like other cute rich boys like this this guy's not special (laughs) She's got a scholarship. <laughs> it's so funny, like watching these movies now. Like, I, I really do appreciate how um, so many John Hughes movies makes high school feel like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it feels like when you're in high school. But and then when you watch it as an adult, you're like, uh, yeah, you guys are going to lose your virginity to each other and then never see each other again. Like, it's going <laughs> right. to be fine. But, you know, but you can't go in with that perspective. But it's like. I don't know when you're making the movie, it has to feel like everything tightens, but um, yeah, I'm just like, don't worry about it. It's like in 10 years, you will not remember this. When we watched um, and things I hate about you, we said like, there's no way the Julia Stiles character like is ever coming back to this town. Like she's going to go to college and like, you know, maybe experience her own like sexual awakening. Like this is, this is not the end all be all for this girl. She'll remember Heath Ledger fondly, but she is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is awesome. Yeah, it was like really fun to rewatch, but also, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I guess Pretty in Pink was never one that was like in my canon of 
teen movies. And now I, f- I find out why, and it's not for offensive reasons. It's just cause as a teenager, I don't want to watch other teenagers just talk to each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody's got to chase somebody. Oh my God. It's a rom-com. Somebody's got to chase somebody somewhere. Like, yeah. Yeah, I had remembered the John Cryer like singing scene being much later in the movie because I was like, that has to be like the chase scene like that. And it's like, oh, it just sort of happens early on and we watch him and it's delightful. And then it's over and we keep going with the movie. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of like the pieces of like like a typical rom-com, but not, but then not fleshed out. You know, like we've got the love triangle. We've got the rich versus poor, like preppy versus alternative. We've got prom um, and the prom, right. We've got prom, but then like, like Emily said, we don't have the chase. We don't have like, like a, like a dance scene would have been nice. A little choreographed dance. I mean, you know, a little something. Even, even the like party scene, I was like, all right, here's our typical like teen rom-com oh, yeah. like party. Like we're going to see some debauchery. And it was just like, okay, people are partying. And then James Spader is in a robe with like a neat, like a scotch neat. Like what, what is he like 90? Like. <laughs> Show me a beer bong. We're at a right. party. Right. Burn yeah. something somebody, down. Yeah. I want to see somebody throwing something, throwing up, barfing all over each other. Like I would love to see like a rich girl barfing on a different rich girl. Like that would have been just a great moment. We just needed more. Yes. And we know John Hughes is capable of it because we yes. got it in 16 candles. Like all the issues with 16 candles aside, the party scene, I mean, that is the bulk of the movie. Like the, the, amount of like insanity that happens in that party and the like even in the background the like things we get that are just crazy um you know like we know he's capable of it but before or after pretty in pink before before so what the fuck it it feels like pretty in pink was just like boring 16 candles yeah that's actually i again yesterday when i was like looking up trying to because I had remembered that the ending changed so then I was like looking for you know like the facts behind the scenes or whatever so Anthony Michael Hall who plays the nerd in 16 Candles was offered the ducky role and said and turned it down because he was like this is the same movie Um, and he was like I don't Anthony Michael Hall's like "Mm, unless my character can sexually assault a girl it's not for me so moving on (laughs) (laughs) he's like this is the same movie but without the fun twist where I'm evil (laughs) Yeah, he was, he, he turned it down. There was someone else I looked up that they then ultimately landed on John Cryer. It was like, I want to say Rob Lowe, but that feels wrong. It, there was someone else like 80s that they tried to get Ducky and they were like, I guess we're ending up with John Cryer. I was like, it feels right to me. Like, I mean, to me, he's the best part of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And he kind also, of comfortable, but he's fun. He's fun. Also, I think doing great things for, um, Los Angeles's homeless population. So thank you, John Cryer. He follows my husband on Twitter. So we're big John Cryer fans over here. Oh, that's really funny. I do think like. And now we're like, we love him. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that. I'm not sure that like any, like Anthony Michael Hall or Rob Lowe or anybody else could have made Ducky quite as memorable. I think a lot of like the John Cryerness that's in Ducky is what makes him so fun to watch yeah it does feel like it would have been a different part if it yeah. was a different actor and I don't yeah. think you want that I think Ducky's why we go back to this movie yeah also very fun to name a character Ducky 
when his name is Phil, like when his his given Phil. name is Phil or something, and he's like, "Call me Phil," and it's like that's that's more boring. We're gonna stick with Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And Andrew Dice Clay is the bouncer at the club, yeah. do, which is so funny and ridiculous. <laughs> I <laughs> always funny. love it when Andrew Dice Clay shows up. Like I remember sitting in the Lady Gaga A Star Is Born and being like, "Andrew Dice Clay!" <laughs> like, it's like this is a great movie. He should be playing her father. <laughs> Oh yeah. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was yeah. cool. I remember it. Cause when I left that star is born movie, my friend was like, what if Andrew Dice Clay gets an Oscar nomination? I was like, that would be a weird world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure that this is a movie sort of like, if I think about it, that I'll necessarily come back to Like it was a fun, it was fun rewatch. And I, Sometimes, like, I think I'll revisit the, the tenderness scene because I do love that scene. But overall, this movie, it's not what I'm going to watch, like, on a rainy Saturday, you know? No. Agree. Yeah. I'm not mad at it, but I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I, feel right. like I almost have, like, no feelings. No like, feelings. It's just... Like, okay, it's like you took a bunch of deleted scenes from a different movie and then you made the, <laughs> this and it was fine. And it was a yeah. movie and people paid to see it. And Molly Ringwald was great and looked great as always, despite right. her hair. even even with that hair. Even with the hair, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um. So Emily, you have a book coming out. Will you? Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Thank you. Um. Yeah, I'm so pumped. I wrote a trivia book during the pandemic, and it's uplifting trivia. Um. I am kind of a trivia head. I wrote for um. Ask me another on NPR. Um, so between that, they, you know, that and comedy just wanted to do something that was like trivia, but like a little bit fun and a little bit uplifting. So that is coming out in October and it's called One Day Smarter. It comes out October 12th, um, but you can pre-order it anywhere you get your books. And yeah. We can put and- a little link to pre-order in the show notes. That would be awesome. And pre-orders are amazing. I did not know this about, this is my first book. Um, and I did not know that pre-orders, uh, determine where in a bookstore your books will be placed and how many of the bookstore orders. Like, cause I'm like, how do you get on that table? Like, how do I get my book on the table rather than on a shelf on the lowest level? And it is pre-orders. So wild. Interesting. All right. Then we will definitely link, um, to where people can pre-order for sure. Yeah. Sounds I, like particularly the holidays are coming. That sounds like a great it's like holiday gift. It's we've been plotting this. It is, it is. It's like perfect price. It's like $15 or uh 14.49 or something. And it's like, okay, so it's like white elephant parties and stuff. It's kind of yeah. like I wrote it with that in mind to sort of not like be overtly political so like you can give it to your uncle who is uh you know libertarian or something and like it's not gonna be offensive. <laughs> um, yeah yeah it's just been so such a crappy couple years uh or six or something um so yeah I was trying to make it like just like there are good things in the world <laughs> yeah, uplifting are- trivia feels like exactly what I want (laughs) yeah um that's really lovely I like that uh mission when setting out to like create something thank you um where else can people find you and find your work um you can follow me on twitter and instagram at emily mc winter it's emily mcwinter my middle name's mckenna and I 
should not have made those my handles, but that's what they are. Uh, and my website is emilywintercomedy.com. Wonderful. We'll link um, to Allison, yeah, we will, we'll link to everything in our show notes. Um, Allison, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Talk about handles we should not have picked. Um, <laughs> um, and you can find us wherever you get your pod, wherever you found us to listen this far. Um, and you can rate and review and subscribe and say something nice about us because it makes us feel good. Yes. Don't leave a nasty review. We don't have time for that shit. No, um, not the time. <laughs> yeah. As Ellie said, it's been a rough two years. So you don't need bad reviews. We know we sound the same. <laughs> you guys sound way more different than my sister and I. So I feel like I can tell you apart without. Um, well, thank you so much, Emily. This was wonderful. It's always fun to have a guest. Um, so it's not just us like rehashing our, our thoughts. Um, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, you guys. This was so much fun.